Welcome back to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. Joined, as always, by Joe Giglio Fan Club's president, Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter, at AntSanPhilly. Anthony, we've had a, an interesting week. Not a whole lot of Flyers news has broken. Uh, we're going to kind of look at the way that this roster, if uh, no other big moves are made, could be filled out. We'll be talking about a couple other somewhat Flyers-related topics, especially, and this is kind of our interesting uh, off-season episode where we're going to talk a little bit about the media in Philadelphia and how it pertains to the Philadelphia Flyers and, and the media who follows them. So uh, it's good to uh, to be back again with you. And this will, I guess, be an abbreviated episode we were working on getting a guest. I believe that that should probably work out for the next episode. And uh, well, we'll see where we go from here. But Anthony, any uh, any hot takes you want to uh, pass off there before we get into things? Yeah, well, why are we recording at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday, Russ? I think well, it's this, your fault. I think it's your fault. Again. This most, yeah, this, is, this one's my fault. So, uh, <laughs> I got to wake up. I'm, so, just to give, let everybody know, so we're recording 6.30 in the morning, okay? So, Saturday night, okay, and it poured, just in case anybody doesn't remember. The Saturday night was the night that it rained really, really hard. Um, I'm down in the city. I went to go... Um, uh, I do some. It's funny. I do some reviews. People don't. This is because I, I got my fingers in so many different pies. So I do some reviews for a website called Philly Life and Culture, um, and I was at Jeremy Piven stand up comedy last night or Saturday night, and um, so yeah. I mean, it was an interesting thing to see. You know, Artie Gold. Um, you know, doing stand up, and that's what everybody in the crowd wanted to see. They all wanted. Ari Gold lines from the show and stuff like that. Um, and it was huge Entourage fans. And he was just kind of blah. But nevertheless, it was it, it was a night. Um, by the time the night ends for me and I get home and, you know, everything's wrapped up and I get back to back to my house, it's I, I get maybe three hours sleep, three and a half hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a incredibly long Sunday ahead of me. But because of your travel schedule... Russ Joy, <laughs> I am awake at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday with the rest of the house sound asleep. No one else is awake but me, and I've had no sleep, and I'm cranky, and I'm miserable. And so, of course, you're gonna, this, you decide this is the day that we're going to pick to have Anthony have a hot take about the Philadelphia media scene. And it's perfect, right? Oh, yeah, you know, it's, and it, this is perfect. This is setting up Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I'm standing out on your lawn right now. <laughs> That's right, you are, and, and you're going to have me yell to get off of it, um, even though it's soaking wet and still probably raining a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it was so miserable. I was it's so. Been a, it's been a, it's been a long while since uh, one of the Anthony Sanfilippo uh, get off my lawn columns for Crossing Broad, so I figured an, an oral. Uh, part three would kind of make sense. <laughs> There's a reason it's been a while, but we'll we'll get into. I'll give you an oral version one um, version of one. So yeah, so yes, you know, it's really kind of interesting. I'm so on Saturday. Uh, I'm listening to the radio um, as I'm driving around. I have some running some errands early in the day, and um, I got WIP tuned on. And and um, so first off, you got Glenn Macnow and Ray Dittinger on, and of course they're. They're two of the best, right? They're they're everybody loves that show when they're on, so much so Bob Wankel, who I, who does our Phillies coverage on Crossing Broad, also I do the um, Crossed Up podcast with, starts texting me. He says, "Are you listening to these guys?" He says, "They're doing this is awesome. This is like a great," and they're doing a thing about the state of the of media just in general. But I mean, and they're relating it to Philadelphia as far as it pertains to covering um, sports teams and and how it's kind of 
died off and 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 it's not you don't have any like real uh hard scrabble you know journalists anymore who are going to ask hard and tough questions and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. It, it's all become a real love fest um and so this leads into the next show on WIP which is um Bleeding Green Nation which is James Seltzer and and John Borchard and and they do a nice job I mean in all honesty I mean if you really want to you know talk good eagles talk I think that uh, they do a nice job um, but they both admit to and and fair enough they both admit to being fans and so they're fans who have a radio show which in a lot of ways you know I I could be real old school Russ and sit here and say well that's terrible because you know you're supposed to be objective and da 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 da, da. but John Barchard said something that's really really true and that is that you know we all got into this business in some capacity um, not because we wanted to be objective journalists, but because we were fans at one point and said this is something we would love to do. And so it's fair to say that yes, you know, you can have, you could be a fan in a sense and still do this job. It's certainly, certainly a thing. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take that fandom and let it cloud everything that you do. I mean, if you're going to be a reporter, if you're going to uh, be a, 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 a any kind of journalist, broadcast journalist, print journalist, online blogger, whatever the case might be. If you're going to be a journalist talking about um, the local sports teams or any sports team for that matter, you really can't let a a bias show through. You're allowed to have one for sure. You're allowed to sit there and be a fan for sure. But if you're going to talk about it or report about it, you can't have a bias breakthrough. And so the big story this past week in, the, in Philadelphia was the whole um, Phillies' inability to make a trade for Manny Machado. Um, and the thing, the problem is, is that at the beginning of last week, um, I think it was on Monday, as a matter of fact, last Monday. It's July sixteenth uh, that this went down. Yeah. Okay. So um, Joe Giglio on WIP comes on with a report. That the Phillies are, you know, going was, to... Yeah, Machado to the Phillies Wednesday morning. Andy right. McPhail is a magician, source says. Yes. So so that's what he said. So that's what he tweeted out, right? That was what his Twitter thing was. But he goes on the air on Monday. He was actually filling in. He was on during the day. So th- this, this goes to show you, okay, here's a guy who's usually on at night, doesn't usually have the audience that he has doing drive time, um, uh, filling in for Ike Reese. Um, and so now he's going to be on when a lot of people are listening and this is his report. And he, so he says, listen, it's from a source and then he's on a radio saying this, it's from a source. It's an industry source. Um, so uh, that immediately tells me right away when you're using that word industry, uh, tells me right away, you are not talking to someone who is involved with this trade in any capacity. You're not talking to anybody on the Baltimore side. You're not talking to anybody on the Philly side, okay? So he says it's a source in the industry, a guy he knows in Baltimore who doesn't, and he's saying this all on the air, who doesn't work for the Orioles um, but knows a lot of people who do. Okay, so now basically he's a guy, you know, Joe Giglio used to work in Baltimore, so he's talking to a former um, colleague of his, whether it was you know at the establishment that he worked at or at another media establishment, who does not cover the Orioles but is familiar with the Orioles or familiar with people who work for the Orioles. So therefore, he is now using a basically a third party 
source, which is illegal. You can't do that. It's actually, I almost said it was illegal. It's not illegal, but it's it's wrong. It's it's just not right. It's so bad and so misinformed <laughs> and so disingenuous, it should be illegal. It should be illegal. Now, so basically what he's doing is he is now... I'm so, oh, my God. That was the perfect Richard Nixon moment. It that was. Would, that would have been such a I good setup. A, I am not a crook, right? <laughs> I'm saying that if a sports radio host says it in Philadelphia, it's not illegal. Okay, so this would this would be like, and I'm going to give you an example, and, and this is this is a, a very fair comparison. This would be like you reporting on Crossing Broad or on the Crossing Broadcast. Okay, if we want to make a a real comparison, okay. this would be like you texting me and saying, um, "Hey, have you heard? Since you're you're tied into the you know sports media, you heard anything about this trade?" And I tell you that here's what I'm hearing. And you go on Crossing Broadcast and say, I was talking to an industry source who told me that this is what's going to happen. Now, I am not plugged in. I'm not tied in with the Phillies. I'm not talking to the Phillies. I'm not talking to the Orioles. I'm not. I'm just giving you, hey, here. You know, I know people who are down there. Here's what the scuttlebutt is. That's maybe not public, but I'll, I'll share it with you, and that's fine. Um, and then you would go, go and turn around and put it out there on Crossing Broadcast. That's what Joe Giglio did. Okay, that's what he did, and it was wrong. You cannot make a source your friend. You cannot make a source another member of the media. A source, in and of itself, by its by its very nature, has to be someone associated with the the subject that you are covering. Okay, or the subject you are discussing. All right. So if you're going to source something for a Phillies Orioles potential trade, that source better damn well be either a member of the Orioles. Uh, um, front office a member of the Phillies front office or um, you know if you're talking about specific players like Machado in this instance uh, his agent an agent that's that's tied into uh, the conversation and, and and the negotiations okay so that that is a source to quote a friend who's in the media who doesn't cover the team that's that's not a source and that's the problem that I had personally with Joe's report, whether it was accurate or not. And I said something to, to Bob right away. I'm like, listen, this guy could be spot on. He could be spot on with this report. It could be exactly correct. It doesn't matter. It's, it's bogus. You can't do this. This is not what the media's job is. The media's job is not to, to source each other. That's not how it works. Lo and behold, I've already gone on too long about it, but lo and behold, what ends up happening is everything that he reported about the trade doesn't happen. <laughs> Big surprise. And Machado ends up with the Dodgers. Um, and so, of course, everybody on Twitter starts going after Giglio and attacking him and telling him that he's, you know, oh, they're now calling him uh, Joey Sources, right? That's kind of his new nickname. And I think it's, I think it's hysterical. Anyway, so um, Seltzer, towards the end of his show yesterday, uh, Saturday, um, is talking to Barch, uh, John Barchard and saying, I don't understand why everybody is so upset with Joe Giglio. I don't get it. Blah, 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 blah. This is, so he just got his, a, a source of his gave him a little bit of wrong information. And is that the end of the world? And it's like, <laughs> Seltzer, you need to understand what the problem is here. It's not that the report was wrong. It's not that the report was one thing and the Dodgers came in over the top. That's it. The actual physical elements of this thing were, are the least important part of why people are upset. The, what, why people are upset is because they were misled. 
They were misled by someone who made it sound like that he had a great connection with information and spent an entire day. I mean, Vince Quinn went on the next show and said, "I'm Julio is so certain about this. Machado is going to be here. Let's talk about it. And spent his entire show talking about how Machado in the lineup. I mean, he did, he did an entire show on WIP later that day following up on Julio's report. I mean, that's how... That's how much the people were buying it over at WIP. So my my argument was is that you can't do. So I go on Twitter yesterday, or after after as they're signing off or getting ready to sign off, basically just explaining to Seltzer what why it was a mistake, and then every minion from WIP jumps on me and they start yelling. You don't. I can't believe you're still butthurt about this. Blah blah blah. And it's like, guys, you don't understand what the problem is. You just don't understand what the you cannot have this because this is this is this is in essence what you hear about everybody talking about in politics and we don't want ever want to talk politics on our podcast but this is everything that you hear when you hear people talk about um, uh, fake news or misleading stories or clickbait headlines or whatever the case might be these are the things that you hear and you cannot have happen okay so that's the that's the problem and. And you know it it it's pervasive in all of, all of media. It's really pervasive in sports media, and I tell you right now, it's something that has been going on in hockey for far longer than anyone is willing to admit. And so that that's how I'm getting it back, circling it back to get it here into why does this conversation fit Snow the goalie? Because it's been pervasive in hockey for far too long. And it's it. What it leads to is it leads to a collection of reporters, who uh, whether I I just don't think that people like the reporters that are covering the Flyers these days, and in some instances I can't blame them, um, because it's really because reporters have now resorted to one tactic. This is what reporters have to do now, because there are so many people who can. Um, Put story or put news reports out there, whether they're true or not. Anybody who's got you know a forum can now say, "I got sources" or "I have I've heard this" and blah blah blah. And the public's going to believe it because that the public is just looking for information, right? Oh, feed me information, feed me information. And so that's what the public wants. So anybody who can give it, that's they're going to they're going to gravitate toward them. So what the what the traditional mainstream media people have have done in all of sports. This isn't just hockey or just germane to the Flyers beat. Is they've kind of gone to resorted to pack journalism, in the sense that they they feel like they're they're no longer competing with each other. Okay, back in the day, the Inquirer writer and the Daily News writer they didn't share information, um, nor did they share it with the suburban guys, you know, or the guy for uh, for you know, what it was Comcast Sportsnet uh, at the time. Nobody shared information. You all did your own job, and you all tried to beat each other. I mean, that was the concept of it, right? But now it's come to the point that where they they have a bit of a bunker mentality. They say, in order for us to survive, we all got to just report the same thing. Um, and so they all do. Everybody kind of does it. And it's worse in hockey than it is in every other sport. And so because of that, it allows the teams to kind of dictate availability, who's talking when, when you can get information, and there is less availability for the media for players now than there ever was. I'm telling you, you so walk over to what? Why is go that? ahead? 
so again, because of this is how, this is what it's become is because there are so many. So the Flyers um, and, and the NHL just in general, um, to their credit, uh, have always been um, more welcoming to uh, po- uh, to blogs or um, smaller media, newer media outlets. So you go up to that press box. There's you know five six seats for your traditional media, and then there are thirty. <laughs> For people who you don't even know. like, there are people who are up in that press box. So I swear to you, I I've seen their face for seven years, and I still don't know who the hell they write for. Like, I have no idea. I've never been on their site. I know nothing about them. It's such a small little rinky dink operation, and yet they're there, and they're there every game, and they're in the locker room every game. They never ask questions. They're there though, right? So they they make their presence known. Um, even even Broad Street Hockey, um, who has undergone serious turnover and changes, um, not necessarily for the better, uh, in the past few years. Um, they used to have, so Travis Hughes, who used to be their guy, he actually started Broad Street Hockey back before it was even sports blog, a Sports Blog Nation website. Um, but Travis used to be at every game. And then Travis used to have, a, you know, one of his, you know, once they became SB Nation, one of his writers, somebody from, from, Broad Street Hockey was always at every game, and they were there. And they they started to get a little bit um, more involved, and they would ask a question here and there kind of thing. But even now, when it's run by um, completely different people, Travis is now running NBC Sports Philadelphia, um, but it's it's run by a completely different group of people. Um, And they send a reporter down there, and she's, you know, a nice girl, um, sweet girl, and and she kind of hangs around and gets her – but she doesn't ask anybody any questions. She doesn't talk. To, she doesn't have any relationships with anybody. But anyway, so this is what the NHL had allowed, and that's okay. I mean, to me, it's okay. You're you're you want to expand that, right? You want to find avenues to reach different potential readers or different potential fans, and that's good. And I get it. But what's because of that? You now have this, you know, this mentality that I'm going to make a name for myself, and I'm going to. Take a chance, and I'm going to report something, and I'm going to say this is what it's going to be, and I'm going to cross my fingers that I'm right. And if I'm right, then people are going to look at me like, oh, okay, this guy's you know somebody I can trust, or this girl somebody I can trust. Um, and if I'm wrong, I can just sit there and say, oh, well, you know, it must have changed, or oh, I had a, you know, my source was wrong, blah blah blah. But it doesn't matter. And, and I can tell you in all honesty that there are people who were long trusted mainstream media people in this city who used to make stuff up, okay, used to absolutely just make stuff up for their own agenda. And it Which used to sport, dr- Anthony? Uh, in, in hockey. I'm talking about hockey. Okay. And I'm talking about, if you want, there are, there, is, there are writers who used to make stuff up completely. It, it just, and it used to drive me insane, okay? It used to drive Do they me insane. still? No, it, well, I, well, do they? I don't know if they still do. The pe- the, the person that I, the one person specifically that I'm talking about is no longer uh, on the beat in town. Ooh, um, and not because this isn't the reason that they're not on the beat in town, but the the reason that they're not on the beat in town is because of other reasons that we've been talking about on Crossing Broad for the last couple of weeks, and that is changes that took place over at Comcast. Um, Oh, they, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Um, but it, it absolutely used to happen. I'm I just saying, to, I was talking to Claude Giroux yeah, and I, Claude. I'm, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I, I literally used to sit there and watch it happen. 
I used to watch it happen because I my seat was right next to his, and I would sit there and be like, "What the hell is he? Ta- what is he doing? He's not getting any. Where's his, where is this information coming from?" And it was always, always off. It was so. Never... What's the genesis of of uh, this one um, individual of the or former individual of the Flyers media scrum? Like, what well, what's the like, genesis you know, look, of making up on. a story? So let me just put it out there. I mean, it's Tim Panaccio that I'm talking about, right? I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to sit here and 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 hide it, okay? Um, and I don't want to sit here. I also don't want he to. He used to be called what the the insider, right? He was the Flyers insider. He was right. the right. he was the hockey equivalent of what um, Jim Salisbury was uh, for the Phillies. Right now, I also don't want to sit here and make and and say that Tim always made stuff up because Tim didn't always make stuff up. Tim, Tim and I um, back when I first started the beat had a great relationship. Um, we traveled. We used to, you know plan our travel stuff kind of together, you know, and, and say, okay, you're, what, what flight are you going to be on? You know, this way we can go and, you know, hey, who's going to, you know, rent the car this time? We were trying to save the company's money. At least I was anyway. I was working for a suburban newspaper and traveling. Tim had the Inquirer budget, which was, you know, uh, 10 times what, what I had. Um, so, like, but we would we would do things like that. Oh, you're renting a car? Okay, then I won't rent a car or something along this. But we always used to plan that stuff around. Um, and Tim was a really, at one time, was a really good reporter. He was a bulldog, and he pissed people off, and that's why Bob Clark um, called him an asshole on television, if you recall, back in the, back in the Lindros era. Um, I mean, it actually happened on live TV, and, and it's because Tim was really good at his job, and Tim was even good at his job when he was getting older. He was, he was there, but Tim started to feel the pressure, okay? And he started to feel the pressure from other outlets that started to be as good as as his coverage, and I think that's what the genesis was for him to try and stay one up. The re- other thing was is that Tim's great source was Peter Luca, and Peter Luca, when he was president of the team, um, really gave a lot of good good stories out. Like, and he would tell you, and it was legit. I mean, he was as good a source as you can have, and he was Tim's guy. And then Luco started to become other people's guys <laughs> as well. So Tim didn't have the exclusive stuff all the time from from Luco. And I think that that kind of bothered him because now he didn't have, you know, he couldn't trust one person in the organization to kind of tell him everything. So now he never, Tim was never good with player relationships. A couple guys, but for the most part, like they all kind of thought he was, they, they all kind of thought that he, that he was, different that he was you know weird and odd and so the play he didn't have the player relationships that some of the other beat writers had and so i think it got to that point where tim didn't have any other alternative but to try and create a narrative on his own and it didn't happen all the time but it did happen and i can tell you with 100 percent certainty that it happened um and and so this this kind of thing is it started from there okay and then it, it developed even more as people had more access um they didn't use the access to to develop those relationships that you need to develop um, as a reporter, but rather use the access as a as a cover. And the, the access then becomes, oh, but I'm down there. I've talked to people, but who are you? I don't see you talking to. I'm there every every game too, and I I'm a very observant person, and I see guys who go off and talk to players by themselves, and that's that's great. And I'm not trying to intervene on what their conversation is. I just know that that's that's a reporter who's working hard to 
develop a relationship. And I'll, I'll give you know I'll give a guy one of the beat guys credit on this. I'll say Dave Isaac um, from uh, the Courier in in Jersey. He is constantly off talking to different guys privately. And that's because Dave is developing those relate or has developed over the over the years he's covered the team, has developed those relationships. So if you see a report from Dave Isaac that something's coming, it's it's probably plugged in. It's probably clued in. Someone has probably told him and he's not making it up. Okay. So I look at that and I say, okay, well that's that's the way it should be. But then you have guys, and this is again, we're crossing sports here, but then you have guys like Joe Giglio. Who are who have zero contacts with the team that he's talking about, right? Or or, or the you know the organization or the, or the people involved in a trade, and he's out there saying, "Oh well, I have a source who's t- saying this." Well, now now you're just crossing well, your me, fingers. Let me let me stop you for right? a second because well, I, I I think that there's a a distinct difference between somebody like Joe Giglio and then somebody who uses their outlet and the name of their publisher or whatever uh in the case of panaccio you said he used to work for was it daily news and the inquirer well he worked for the inquirer he didn't so, work for the deal okay so for the they, and they were so they were just, and, so you, just for you just just so you know and you can i'll let you finish in a second the inquirer and the daily news even though they are the same company now they and they were owned by the same company were always fierce rivals yeah. Just so you know. But anyway, go ahead, continue. So, okay. So he used to work for the Inquirer. That was when he was at his best. And then he ended up at CSN Philly where he did nothing of note. So I think when you're when you're a casual fan, so at least from my perspective, I think the reason that this gets under your skin so much is because you've been on the side of things where you're expected to, to be a respectable member of the media and somebody who's only going to put out stuff that's true or is or is directly sourced from the team, right? And that's your job. Now, for me, as a casual fan, like I think there's a a difference in what kind of things we're looking for, or at least from from my vantage point of, I take things with a grain of salt. Now, I, I think that somebody in the case of Panaccio, who might have used the Inquirer or even CSN Philly uh, when it was still that, uh, I, I don't think he worked for NBC Sports Philly. I think it was just when it was still CSN. It doesn't matter. Right. When you're using one of those outlets as you know your instant credibility and then csn philly gives you the flyers insider tag and you're making things up that to me is actually a more egregious error or a more egregious abuse of power position or whatever than what Giulio did you're 100 so like, you're 100 so, right you're and so from right. so from my perspective I, I look at it and i say okay i know that joe Giulio is a reporter or not a reporter he is a guy who writes for nj.com the same way I think that like I occasionally write for crossing broad about like basketball. Um, and I know that if I see him say something, I'm not really taking it that seriously. I would actually argue in this entire thing that I, I think a big part of why things blew up. And I think where some of your ire maybe should be going is more towards WIP because I, I think if, if a guy comes on and one of the radio hosts, so let's say that's the, it's the fanatic Let's say that like Jason Martinez said, well, no, Jason Martinez is, is a little bit more plugged in on the flyer side, I would guess. Let's say Harry Mays on the Midday Show says that he knows somebody who knows someone who works for the Knicks. And it's it's come out that from the Knicks organization that they're late, they're looking to trade Chris Tepps, Porzingis, and the Sixers have already had exploratory talks. Well, then that would be, that would be something that I would take with a grain of salt because I'd say, well, I, I like Harry Mays. Like, he's a good personality on the radio. But even if he says that a deal is close to being done, I don't know if, like, I certainly wouldn't take that as as gospel. And I don't really know if the station would run with it as gospel. So I think there's a lot of this that falls on, on WIP. Because if one of your hosts comes out with something and says, hey, I know somebody 
who knows somebody who said that this thing is done, then it's like, okay, well, you could decide to run with that, or you, that can just be a, a passing conversation. And what WIP kind of blew it up to be was this thing is done, and like you said, somebody else built their entire show around it. Uh, it was on the Marks and Reese Twitter feed, and you know, uh, it seems like a lot of people, and it was just on the WIP side. This wasn't something I, I don't think that was discussed on the Fanatic side, because why would you cite a uh, host from another station? The, the thing that, to me, I think was disingenuous in what Julio said, or the thing that I think kind of takes it into a slightly different territory is when you're saying that the, the latter part of it, where he says that the source said that McPhail is a magician, that to me says that the source that you're talking to or the source that you are, um, you know, roundabout citing also knows what the deal is and knows what the package that the Orioles in that case would be getting back. So like if, if I decided to go on Crossing Broad and or on Crossing Broadcast and I said, hey, uh, I know an industry insider who said that the Flyers are close to trading for Eric Carlson and they said that Hextall drove a hard bargain, but ultimately it's going to be something that we're going to be able to stomach. That would imply that I would know what the, the package was or that my, my industry source knew what Hextall was offering in this deal right? And the sentiments that were coming out of Ottawa. And I think that part is, is what kind of takes it into a, a, a more egregious error on his part, because it implies that not only is there somebody he's been talking to, but that person happens to know what the entire trade is. And that's where you go from being just like a sports radio guy who's throwing stuff against the wall to see if it sticks, and you're kind of passing it off as if you're a more legitimate insider. And I think that's where he made a mistake, and I think WIP made the the biggest mistake in continuing to promote it as though it had come from you know ken rosenthal or even locally like jim salisbury sometimes breaks the stuff like there's certainly a difference or there should have been a difference articulated by the radio station that Gilio is a guy who claims to have talked to somebody he's not an actual insider he's not in the locker room yada 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 uh, yeah, okay. I, I can I can see what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you on the WIP thing. I really don't. Um, I, I think that you're right that they made it fe- they fe- made it fester, um, and uh, very often this is what happens. You get a little germination of a potential story, and then it gets blown up by whoever, whether it's social media or whether it's um, a, a radio station or TV station or a website with a clickbait headline. Um, as NJ.com is, is usually good for. Um, and lo and behold, that's where Joe Giulio comes from. But uh, anyway, um, the fact of the matter is, is that, and this is where I'm going to disagree with you, Russ. As members of the media, and we all are, okay, in a lot of ways, and, and, even, and this includes you and me, okay, because we write for an entity that has access to cover professional sports teams, okay? So and even, even though... Um, in your instance, for example, you are not one of the beat guys, right? You are not one of you, you, but you do write for a, an, a website that does have, um, per coverage of professional teams. Therefore you need to, and everyone at crossing broad needs to hold themselves to the standard that if if there is going to be something that you learn, something that you glean, uh, some inside information that you have, that it is reported and reported responsibly and accurately, okay? You cannot just throw something to the wall and hope it sticks, okay? Because then you are – what you are doing is not only are you making a bad name for yourself if you're wrong, 
but you're making a bad name for the website for Crossing Broad. So you wouldn't do that. So, but so when Julio does this, he's not only putting himself at at you know under the spotlight of the Twitter, you know the Twitter world where they're going to tell him how much of an idiot he is, but they're also he's also putting the credibility of NJ.com and, because he also wrote it for NJ.com, oh, lo and behold, that story has been since updated, okay, not there anymore because that's how they operate, um, and put WIP's um, credibility at risk by by reporting it the way he did. And that's that's where the problem lies. The, however, in your, the argument that you're making, there are people who say, well, that's okay today. And I tell you that 10 years ago, that would not be okay. And it doesn't make me old. It doesn't make me, oh, get off my lawn. 10 years ago, the public was not okay with with false reports. It was just not, it was not okay. Now, there's a sentimentality that's out there. It's like, oh, well, it, it just, uh, just got it wrong. No big deal. No big whoop. You, you can't have that because ultimately, that's what leads to people making stuff up. That's why we are where we are societally with with everything. Now we're 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 on a hockey podcast talking about this, but like I said, there are things in the in the real world that are outside the entertainment of sports that are happening that are you know that are being abused by people because they can they can just make stuff up, and that's and this is and we're just kind of okay with it anymore. When did that happen? When did that transition as a society? When did we become a people who were like, oh, it doesn't matter. It, uh, well, I think. Could, I, I mean, know, honestly, you know, I think it was it was the the advent of the twenty four seven news cycle, and I think social media, right? Because but the, why? But, but what I mean, makes it okay, Russ? What makes well, it okay? I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I think I think you're more upset about it because it's the the life that you live, and it's it's the job that you've done, you know, and it it's got to be frustrating to work in that industry and have that be a livelihood, and know that the stuff that you're doing is honest and forthright. And then see somebody throw something out there and not have to face, you know, necessarily the negative ramifications of of it being either made up or or it not coming to light. See, like my thing was when I saw the Giglio tweet, I thought, well, I, I really hope people come back and call him out on this because otherwise, because of the way the WIP had promoted it, I'm like, well, that would be a, a pretty egregious error on their part um, and on on the fans part to just kind of let this one slide. I mean, if I, I think like if um, if Jim Salisbury had reported that the thing was was done and McPhail was a genius and it didn't happen, I think he'd be crucified publicly for having a bad source or for, you know, like I think people would call him out on the carpet of like, why? Why did things change so much? And, and I think that there would have been a, a bigger firestorm around him because he is the Phillies insider for NBCSN Philadelphia. And I think in Giglio's case, like, I, I think it was a stupid thing to put out there but again like i think part of the problem is because his station gave it so much uh, more credibility than than it probably deserved so i i don't know but like as a i think a fan if you're looking for a reason to get excited about a trade rumor or about a free agent signing you're going to glom onto whatever you can i mean think about the amount of times and maybe you don't see it as much but like there are certainly times where people go and they'll they'll try to connect you know a few digital breadcrumbs and think that because of the way that uh, you know a guy goes on and, and likes somebody's Instagram post, well, that means he's obviously going to that team. Or uh, Eric Carlson went and commented on a JVR photo and said, let's do this. Well, it's like, well, let's do what? And who is we, 
right? And people are trying to put those things together and, and turn it into, well, that means Eric Carlson's going to get traded to the Flyers. None of that is real, by the way. That's just a hypothetical. But uh, I, I think if you're a fan and you're looking for some kind of hope to glom onto, it doesn't matter where the source comes from. And I don't think anybody or I don't think a, a lot of the general Philadelphia fan base is going to sit down and, and you know, look at a sports radio host's credentials. They're going to say, well, you know, to some extent, this guy has a job doing whatever it is that he does, and I'm going to give it some kind of credibility. So I guess that kind of comes back around to your your idea that because he has an outlet like he does, he needs to be more careful and a little bit more honest. But I think a fan who is a little bit more informed is going to, you know, kind of hold back a second and say, wait a second, this guy's just a, he's a sports radio host, you know, like I, I and I think that there is a, a certain hierarchy in reporting that, you know, uh, an intelligent fan is going to look at and say, this needs to be taken with a massive grain of salt. And I'm going to stop you right there. You're right. The, the more um, knowledgeable sports fan will get it. But I'm going to I'm going to argue and tell you right now that the more knowledgeable sports fan is the minority when it comes to sports fans. Well, and it, I, I would think that that probably also pertains to the people who are listening 24 seven to sports talk radio. Yeah, right. I mean, like if I, I, I can't listen to it anymore because it's it's nonsense, stupid points like uh uh, when the Kawhi Leonard trade was going to go down with Toronto. I mean, we're, we're going into sports that are not hockey, but like when that stuff was going down, people were like, well, why don't the, why don't the Sixers just like trade Ben Simmons like that? That makes sense. Why don't they, uh, why don't they just trade Jared Bayless and Robert Covington and like six first round picks? It's like, well, because if you understood how the cap worked or if you understood how trade value worked, you'd know that's a stupid premise and it's also not permissible through the CBA. So no, like that's dumb. And so, like, and that's the people who actually have the courage or the stupidity to, to actually call up and put those dumb ideas out there. Well, so, no, I, I, th- I think you're right. Like, I think the intelligent sports fan is a minority. Luckily, uh, through Crossing Broad, I think, you know, commenters aside, or most of the commenters aside, I think a lot of people <laughs> who read the site are actually intelligent people who are looking for nuanced opinions. And I think the people who read your stuff or who read Kevin's stuff know that you guys are credentialed and you're, you're plugged into the team. And so the stuff that you're putting out there is is legitimate and credible. And I, I would even say Bob not being a beat rep, uh, reporter per se or like being down in the locker room. I think Bob does a very good job of, of you know, writing up the Phillies stuff in a way that is um, both honest and credible. Yeah, no, he does. And, and that's and that's why I like that's why I like our site. I like the people at our site, because I think that, that you're getting that you're getting that honesty and we and we do we deal with rumor and stuff sure we do but we don't we're not sitting there saying you know oh i got a source who said blah 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 unless we actually have one <laughs> like unless there's a real one there then we can put it out and then i'm going to put it in one of my stories or then kevin's going to put it in one of his stories but we're not just sitting there making making stuff up or going off of a report of another reporter who's a friend who doesn't really report this stuff for their their media outlet but they have they feel like they're a little bit plugged in that's the kind of issues that i have and if if a majority of the fans are getting their information from and and be honest. I mean, let's let's figure where where are the majority of fans in Philadelphia getting their information from these days? What do you think it is? What, where Twitter. do you think? Well, I, I would think Twitter is a lot of it. Okay, all right. So Twitter's one um, for sure. Um, but I will tell you, and this is this is based off of statistical data that I have from my other job that eighty eight percent of news today in general news in general is 
um, done through Facebook. Wow. Okay, 88% of, of news is disseminated through Facebook. Um, and so, th- so like any, so again, it's, it's, it's just snippets. Nobody's really taking time anymore. And you know, it's sad for me as a writer, but nobody's really taking time anymore to read stories. Nobody's taking time anymore to really get to the, to the crux of it. A small percentage of people are, I mean, there are people that are still out there who want to, who want to read long form writing, who want to, you know, dive into a deep, you know, deeply dive into a story and say, all right, let's break it down and let's look at it real, you know, but for the most part, people just want. You know, as quick as they can. Oh, yeah! So and so said that this is what's going to happen. Oh, and then, then it does, right? And and that's what they that's what they want. So if that's the primary place and that's the primary way that you're getting your news today, then the the people that are doing that, the people who are putting that news up, um, are have to be all that much more responsible than they are. And the fact that they aren't, and then people say, well, it's okay. That, that makes for, you know, so I'm saying this is the snowball effect, and this is why we have what we have. Anyway. It makes it makes the people who do their job honestly and with integrity uh, and who do it for a living, it makes their job that much harder. So, yeah. again, like, that's why I understand why you're so much more worked up about this than I think the, uh, the casual fan would be. You're right. But I think you're it's right. okay. Like, I think you should be upset. Right? Like, oh. I think I think anybody who works in any kind of profession, I think if, if you are honest and and are working to, you know, do a, a good job at whatever it is. And then somebody else comes in and uh, does a, you know, a, a half-assed job of, you know, something similar and gets all the praise or, or is, uh, you know, not held accountable when they do something that's uh, not in, in accordance with your company's policy or whatever, like, then, yeah, you're going to be upset about it. So I want to, I want to, I want to share this is, and I'm not going to say who it was, who it was with, but this is, I had a um, conversation uh, this past week with a very popular um, reporter in this town who has covered multiple sports, but very popular, well-known name, and I'll tell you who it is off-air. Actually, I'll text it to you um, who it is, okay? Um, But we had a conversation, and um, uh, he he said... Oh, he? Okay. Yeah, it's a he. Uh, He said... Um, when did it become, I'm reading it because this is, we had a a Twitter DM conversation. When did it become acceptable in this town to be an absolute pom-pom waving Homer? There are guys who have major jobs on the radio and they use we on every team in this town. Maybe I'm an old man journalist frustrated by the current state of the business, but my goodness, this is ridiculous. So I mean that's and that's another thing and it and, and to be honest he's no old, this guy is not much old if well I don't even know how old he is but he's my generation okay so he he might oh, be man, a couple we, years we're narrowing it down I he like might it. be a couple okay. years older than me might be a couple years younger than me so you're I'm looking, glad that you and Tim Panaccio are back to uh, <laughs> this speaking terms. No, that's, that's great sir. by the way I, I got that reminds me I got to tell you the Donald Brashear story um, we got to uh, get put, this we got to get this going quick because uh, my family's at least stirring with the uh, the no, two little it. ones I don't know I, if your family's starting to stir or not yeah my no my my daughter will up and she already came over to me and she was like tapping me on the shoulder it already happened so oh yeah um so uh but yeah i mean so it's it's not just me you know i even have uh um somebody who works at wip who i was talking to about this texting me who called it amateur hour over there okay so there are people who actually work for that company who are working in that building who think it's ridiculous so I mean, we're, I'm not alone. I'm not this lone voice cr- crying in the wilderness, and I'm not saying it just because I'm upset in the state the state of journalism where it's gotten to. Although okay, I am here, I have I have a, a a real hockey version of this. You ready for it? Go ahead. So I'm um, so I'm on NBCSN Philly's website, right? 
Yeah. And the headline is Nolan Patrick selected as number one breakout player for 2018-19 by NHL Network. Uh-huh. So, okay. I'm thinking, all right, NHL Network's behind this. Somebody wrote this thing up. It's got to be like a large panel or maybe it's it's a uh, um, a poll done within the network. It, I'm thinking it has to be a pretty big sample size, right? No, it's one guy. NHL Network analyst Mike Johnson, who played 12 years in the league, selected Nolan Patrick as his number one breakout player. Yeah, clickbait, it's one baby. guy. Yeah, I mean that's that's the ultimate. I mean that's the ultimate clickbait, right? Like, yeah. I, it's it's right on the front of NBC Sports Philly's website, and like the, I don't get it. Like it's it's there, and the way that it certainly looks is that there was a a large informed contingent of people who did this. Oh, and here's the other thing: young flyer named NHL Network's number one breakout player for 2018-19. That was the uh, the trending topic headline. And then you click on it and then you get into it. And it's, it's one guy from NHL network who picked him. And so like, that's, that's misleading. And that to me is, is also awful because NBC sports Philadelphia, and we've been talking a lot about this between crossing broadcast and on the site and everything, but you know, the way that they're kind of going about doing some of the stuff that they're doing, um, that to me is, uh, is reason to kind of stay away from their, from their page for a little bit, at at least on my, my perspective, I'm, I'm like this. This looked like it was supposed to be something that was a whole lot more legitimate than what it actually was. Uh, you could have just as easily said reporter or uh, analyst, Nolan right. Patrick number one. But instead, you made it look like it was this much more legitimate thing. Whatever. Uh, tell me about Donald Brashear. Okay. Before, so this we, is, before we head out. No, this is a great story, right? So Brashear and Easter, right? Wasn't that yes, the... exactly. Very good. Good memory. Good memory, Ross. Thank you. So we are up in New Jersey. This was in, uh, I want to say... Oh, six. It was, I think it was Oh six. Um, we're up in, we're up in New Jersey on Easter Sunday, which was a miserable drive. Okay. To have to drive up to the old, um, Brendan Byrne arena for a hockey game on an Easter Sunday afternoon and flyers playing the devils. And, um, actually it might've even been the year before might've been Oh four season. Now that I think about, well, Robert Ash was still the goalie and, um, and, the Flyers were getting beat, and Esch was having a terrible game. And so he gets yanked, right? Hitchcock's the coach, and he gets yanked. And as Esch is skating off the ice, you know, back in the back in these days, the press area at the Brendan Byrne Arena is the best ever. They actually had, you actually sat right behind, literally right behind the bench. It was so good. Wow. Like you were, you were, and it was. It wasn't just the media. Like, like I used to sit next to Bob Clark. I mean, that was my seat was right next to Clarky, and you sat literally right behind the bench, so you could see everything and hear everything. It was great. That's awesome. Um, it was, and it's no stadium is like that anymore. It was the only one that was like that at the time. Um, and uh, so Esh is skating off. It looked like at the time that he was screaming at Hitch. Because he was mad that he was getting pulled, and because he skated by the bench, and you could see him yelling, and you know, and Hitch was saying, trying to say something back, and so we're thinking he's yelling at Hitch. So we go into the locker room after the game, and um, and uh, right before we go to the locker room, as we're, as we're leaving, Ed Moran was the beat writer for the Philadelphia Daily News at the time. Panach was at the Enquirer. I was for Delco. Uh, Wayne Fish for Bucks County and Chuck Gormley for the Courier Post in New Jersey. We were the guys that were up there. Um, and Ed Moran wanted to go have Easter dinner with his family. So he says to me and uh, uh, and a couple of the other guys, he says, hey, listen, guys, I'm going to bail out early. He's like, I've already written my story. 
Um, if anybody says anything that's you know inflammatory, just let me know uh, and and whatever. It's just okay, fine. So Ed leaves. And we all kind of just were like, yeah, yeah, okay, Ed, no problem. So Ed leaves. So the other rest of us go in the locker room, and we talk to Ash, and Ash insists that he wasn't yelling at Hitchcock. He says it wasn't Hitch. It was somebody else. And we're like, well, who else could it have been, right? He was looked like he was yelling at Hitchcock. So Hitch, being the greatest coach source in the history of, of hockey, uh, after he does his thing, uh, after he does his availability, we all turn off our recorders. He goes, uh, if you want to talk to the guy that this is really about, go find Brashear. <laughs> So, so we're like, okay, now we got to go find. Oh, Hitch, he was fired up out there. Oh, so Hitch was that was great Hitch, right? That's what he used to do all the time. So now we're looking for Brashear. We nobody can find him. Nobody can find him, right? And then finally we talk to Zach, the PR guy. He's like, oh, he must have already gone to the bus. So we're like, oh well, we missed this. We'll catch up on this. It's Easter. We'll catch up on this at practice tomorrow. So we start to head. We start to head back, and you know everybody's going back. And Wayne Fish stops me and Panache, and he says. Let's go to the bus. <laughs> We're like, really? He's like, yeah, let's go to the bus. So the three of us, Chuck has already gone back to the to the media room. But the three of us um, walk over to where the bus is, and we Pack pull mentality. Brashear, Good. Yeah. We pull pull Brashear off the bus to talk to Brashear. And yeah, I'm sure you grabbed Brashear and pulled him off. The, well, no, what I mean by no, pull no, him off I is know, like we said, know, we said we said the, the guy. No, I'm just, who, I'm just yeah. trying to imagine was, was three, hockey, three hockey reporters <laughs> go onto a bus. So, hey, uh, Donnie on here. Yeah. Well, there you are. Hey, hey, Donnie, come here or we're going to rip you so, off the uh, bus, eh? So Brash, now Brash was great with us. Like he was really good with the media. And so he, you know, we asked for him to come off. He comes off and you could tell, like he's still ready to. So apparently he said something to Ash about how terrible he was. And Ash said something back to him. And they were like jawing at each other. And, you know, Brash was, Brash had some great quotes. And, you know, he was talking about Ash needs to play better, but we all need to play better. It's getting towards the end of the season, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, really good. I mean, it was some great brash stuff and he was he was really kind of like leadership stuff about the team needs to be better um going into the playoffs so we got you know got this great these great quotes i'm like okay great so we're all heading back we go back to the media room and panache makes a declarative statement to the entire room the entire i mean he doesn't just say it to me and wayne as we're walking back he says it to the entire room we are not to share this with moran (laughs) right we're not because at this point i had already given it to chuck who had who wasn't with us? I said, "Hey, you might want this because I know you were interested." So I had already given him the the quotes, and Panache announces, "We are not giving it to Moran." Oh, right? how nice! Right? So because Moran's not there, because I guess Panache shared it with somebody from New York and whatever. But like, it was kind of like, "Hey, if you guys want this, you can have it." But we're not sharing it, Moran, because he didn't stick around. This was Panache's announcement. So Moran starts calling all the different writers. He's calling me. He's calling Wayne. He's calling Chuck. He's calling he's Panache and. Nobody's like nobody's talking to him. So finally, I answered the phone, and he says to me, "He's like Anthony, did I miss anything?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, Ed, you, you you did." And he's and Panache is sitting right there, like he's staring staring daggers at me. And he's like, "Well, what did I miss?" I said, "I I can't tell you. I can't tell you because we made an agreement that it, it, <laughs> and he's and, and and he's like, "What kind of agreement did you make, Anthony? Anthony, what kind of agreement?" And he's got a real thick Boston accent, and I'm like, "I said." I, I said, if I were you, I would check in. All I can say is, if I were you, I would try and contact PR and see if you can get some information that way. And he, so now Ed's like freaking out, right? It, whatever. So, the, so we, hang, I hang up the phone. We write our stories. We drive home. The next day, 
um, I, the flyers were heading. I forget where we were heading, but I, I think we I think we literally were going back up to New York for a game against the Rangers because I remember being on the road again um, when Moran calls me and he says, and this is this is the exact conversation he has. He says, Anthony, I first want to tell you I'm really disappointed in you, Anthony. I'm really disappointed in you. I thought you were my friend. I said, and I said, I said, Ed. I said, I said, I, I said, I had to. I said, I, we all made an agreement. He's like, but I'm going to let it slide, Anthony, because you've always been good to me. This is Moran, right? Saying this, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah. He's like, because I know from somebody else that Panache is behind this. It's all Panaccio. Well, let me tell you something, Anthony. He's dead to me. He's dead to me. <laughs> that guy, and and I'm, and he's f bombing him the entire time. Like I would, I would sound like a total sailor if I was saying it, exactly what he said. But he said he's dead to me. And and he's like flipping out about Panaccio. The entire playoffs, the Daily News and the Inquirer, you would have thought they I mean, it was a constant back and forth of one upsmanship. Who can beat the other side? And they hated each other. They didn't talk to each other for for the entire playoffs and even into the summer during um, uh, the draft and free agency. They didn't talk one speak one word to each other, and it was a constant battle between them, all because of this thing. I, I swear to you, this, and this is classic hockey. This is classic hockey. September That's rolls awesome. around. September rolls around. They shake hands and they're friends again. Aw, <laughs> how sweet! What a happy ending. <laughs> I was good, but like I would, I went. I remember walking into the first practice at, at training camp, thinking to myself, "Is Moran and Panach still going to be going at it?" And they're like, they're, they're, I show up and they're all buddy buddy. I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> what happened? When did this? Ta- when did this take place? And like, oh yeah, we just let it. We get, you know put it behind us. Everything's okay. Like holy wow. hell, this lasted for like six months, and now all of a sudden it's fine. <laughs> That's insane. So, anyway, so yeah, Brashear gave us some great quotes, and then it ended up leading to a war between the Inquirer and the Daily News because uh, Moran got got in a lot of trouble from his editor. Like, why didn't you stick around? Why does everybody else have this and you don't have it? Like, I mean, there was there was some real stuff going on at the Daily News with that, and That's Moran, kind, yeah, Moran got kind of in trouble for it, and so he just took it out on Panache, and it was. I mean, literally, you could read the stories and you could tell that it was a direct shot, excuse me, direct shot at the Inquirer, and the Inquirer would respond with a direct shot at the Daily News, and we're sitting there, like, as the suburban guys, like, these are owned by the same company, and they're, like, killing each other. <laughs> like, this is great stuff. What are you kidding me? Well, that's so, that's yeah. That's pretty awesome. Well done. So, th- so there you go. There's my so, Donald Brashear Easter story. So before we leave, because I think it's, it's very important that we get to this, um, yeah. let's, play, uh, let's play a game of Name That Flyer. Oh, I love name that flyer. Dun, 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 dun. The last one set up the Brashear story, so uh, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. This this uh, former flyer played two seasons in the orange and black. In his best season for the Flyers, he played in 79 games, scoring 24 points, including one game-winning goal, one shorthanded goal, one power po- uh, play goal, and one even strength goal. He was a defenseman who finished 17th in the Norris Trophy voting, name that flyer. He was a defenseman, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, you're gonna give me a time period. I mean, guys, there's been so early many guys. the early two thousands. Early two early to mid two thousands. Played two seasons with the Flyers. Oh, man, I need two seasons, and he had one really good year. One really good year, and then uh, his final year was cut short, and that was the last season he played in the NHL. Uh. I can give you the name of somebody else, I believe, who uh, who signed the same year. Um, 
Uh, I'll give I'll give a guess. I'm gonna give a guess first before you you do that. Okay. Um, Eric Weinrich. No. Oh, okay. All right. Um, a guy who signed the exact same season it was the same off season was Darian Hatcher. No. Oh. Darian Hatcher. It was another. It was another defenseman who was signed alongside Darian Hatcher. Okay. So this was the 05, I think so it was the the 05 that would be season. O, that, the same season we're just that I was just talking about, right? I mean, that 05, 06 would be. Um, and he, God, um, who else was on that team? Let me think back in my head. The defensemen they had that year were uh, they had Yoni picking in. Um, You're gonna kick yourself. They had Kim Janssen was still on that team, but he was here longer than two years. Um. Come on, Mister Hatcher. There's a hint in Mister, perhaps the initials of the player. In Mister, am I? Am no, I? just M R M R. Oh, Mister is an M R. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, oh, M R. <laughs> Mike Rathji. There you go. <laughs> Bingo, bango, bongo. That is uh, that is now our second edition of Name That Flyer. Yeah, I don't have so a great. If, uh, I don't if, have a great. I don't have a great follow up story on if, Mike Rathji. <laughs> if you've been uh, following from uh, from your couch or wherever you're listening to the podcast, if you've now gotten Donald Brashear and Mike Mike Rathji uh, in back to back editions of this uh, this fun game. Make sure to reach out to us on Twitter at JoyOnBroad and at AntSanPhilly and let us know. You won't win a prize, but you'll win the uh, the enjoyment of knowing that you beat Anthony Sanfilippo in Flyers Trivia, which is exciting, but also kind of disappointing because, Anthony, I mean, I, I feel like as a guy with journalistic uh, credibility, you should uh, you should know these things and well, you, you should, know, you I, should I, report you know you should report these things uh, through yeah. the right channel. No, just kidding. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I mean, you know, but I, I got to be honest with you, Russ. Usually when you do trivia questions, there's usually something a little bit more to it. Don't than blame. Don't blame. Two the, uh, seasons, 79 points and was 17th. In the voting for seventeenth, that was voting. that was big news for the North Flyers Trophy. back then. Okay, that's <laughs> that's you know that's uh, that's that's really big stuff. That's great yeah. stuff. I love the fact, by the way, as my kids come flying down the stairs, I love the fact that as we were getting ready to record, uh, we said, "Yeah, we'll probably do a half hour show," and here we are, and it's it's been almost an hour. So I think uh, yeah. it's probably about as good a time as any to wrap. So uh, yeah, why don't you tell everybody about the other shows on uh, the Crossing Broad Podcasting Network? Well, there's crossing uh, crossing broadcasts every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, sort of, uh, with me and Kyle Scott. Sort of. This this week is going to be a little bit weird because I'll I'll be out of town, so I don't actually know what the schedule is going to look like this week. Crossed up a Phillies podcast with Anthony and Bob Wankel. Uh, that is on uh, Tuesday mornings. It is available for you uh, on your morning commute. Uh, of course, know the goalie. Where hopefully we'll be uh, wrangling somebody in for the next episode. I don't know if that'll be Thursday or if we'll be a little bit delayed in that, but that's okay. It'll be worth the wait. And um, we've got Crossing Broad FC, which is on the weekend. Phil is, uh, I believe, back in town, so we'll be doing the uh, long-awaited recap of the World Cup final, but we'll actually start to turn the page to uh, the club seasons. And uh, the International Champions Cup is coming around. I can't uh, wait for this. Some games games locally. Don't be a jerk. And uh, it's always soccer (laughs) in Philadelphia, which recorded, I believe, episode number 52 uh, this past weekend with uh, Kevin Kincaid and Dave Zeitland. So uh, make sure you go check that out if you're a fan of the uh, the game with the the ball on grass that people kick and aren't allowed to touch inside the box with their hands. So uh, that's unless you're the goalie. Speaking of goalies, this has been Snow the Goalie, part of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. Don't forget, if you're interested in advertising on Snow the Goalie or any of the shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, please reach out to, I guess, me at Joy on Broad or to Kyle at Crossing Broad. 
Uh, I believe his email is crossingbroad at gmail.com, I think, or kyle at crossingbroad.com. Either works. Uh, until the next time we record, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. That's Anthony at Aunt San Philly. Thanks for listening.